Hey, y'all. Thank you so much for joining us today on Origin Gates' daily podcast called Wisdom's Echo. My name is Parker Thomaston, and I'm so honored to have this opportunity to share my heart with you. What I want to talk to you about today is called the valuation of honor. And what's kind of stirred this in me again is that I was just kind of thinking, and it seems like oftentimes my valuation of worth is is seen through a lens of my own disappointment, through hurts, pains, but also my own experiences, my joys and, and victories. I'm learning that it's not necessarily a bad thing to see through these lenses, but I do know that Yahweh is jealous over the purity of our vision. In order for us to ever have an opportunity to see ourselves the way that He sees us, we must see Him the way that He truly is. So I want to read a couple of scriptures with you um, found in John chapter 11 and 12. And this is a story that you may be familiar with about when Mary anointed Yeshua. So I'm going to start in in chapter 12, and we're going to go through a few things, um, but I'm probably going to backtrack because a majority of what has kind of sparked this interest in me uh, is actually found in John chapter 11. So in verse 12, uh, chapter 12, excuse me, verse 1, it says, Six days before the Passover began, Yeshua went back to Bethany, the town where he raised Lazarus from the dead. They had prepared a supper for Yeshua. Now here, let me break into uh, this with a thought. The footnote from Dr. Simmons in the Passion Translation shows that this took place at the house of Simon, who was also a leper that Yeshua healed. Um, Going back to the verse, it says that Martha served and Lazarus and Mary were among those at the table. And Mary picked up an alabaster jar filled with nearly a liter of extremely rare and costly perfume. This was the purest extract of nard and she anointed Yeshua's feet. Then she wiped them dry with her long hair and the fragrance of the costly oil filled the house. But Judas the locksmith, Simon's son, the betrayer spoke up and said, what a waste. We could have sold this perfume for a fortune and given the money to the poor. Verse six says this. In fact, Judas actually had no heart for the poor. He only said this because he was a thief and in charge of the money case. He would steal money whenever he wanted from the funds given to support Yeshua's ministry. This is out of the the Passion Translation, so it may read a bit differently um, than than the one from King James. Um, but verse seven says this. Yeshua said to Judas, "Leave her alone. She has saved it for the time." Of of my burial. You'll always have the poor with you, but you won't always have me. Now, now first I want to look at what actually brought Yeshua to Bethany. There are some pretty incredible events found in John chapter 11. In verse 3, it states that Mary and Martha sent a message to Yeshua and said, Lord, our brother Lazarus, the one you love, is very sick. Please come. So let's take a look at, at verse 4. In, in chapter 11, it says this, when he heard this, he said, this sickness will not end in death 
for Lazarus, but will bring glory and praise to Yahweh. This will reveal the greatness of the Son of Yahweh by what takes place. Now, it's extremely important for us to be mindful that that we are seen as who uh, a, a brother of mine, Apostle Damon Thompson, calls beloved identity. Now, we understand that there are incredibly valuable benefits that are made available to us. In this case, it's life. And Yeshua engages the situation. And although he hears the report given by the people who love Lazarus, his sisters, he chose to immediately release a better word. It says in verse 4, when he heard this, He said, this sickness will not end in death for Lazarus, but will bring glory and praise to Yahweh. And this will reveal the greatness of the Son of Yahweh by what takes place. You see, the reason Yeshua was not moved by the report was ultimately due to the order of his priesthood. Check this out. This is absolutely incredible. When he encountered a situation, Yeshua refused to subject himself to it because he was of the order of Melchizedek. He was of the Zadok priesthood. He was not of the the Levitical order. And and I believe that the difference, and I've I've read some incredible teachings from Sir Ian Clayton and Oracle Teresa Bowen um, about Melchizedek. But the big thing that I remember about this is that when you're of the Zadok priesthood, you look to the face of Yahweh and you minister to him. The the Levitical priesthood looks at the faces of the people and ministers the heart of Yahweh to the people. But our responsibility is to look to the face of Yahweh and minister our heart to him and then minister to his heart in return. I I hope that I articulated that the right way. But, But what happened is when Yeshua encountered these situations, he refused to become subject to the situations. It's so important for us to operate the same way. You see, he didn't ignore Mary and Martha. He just refused to be moved by their emotions because ultimately he knew how the story was going to end. So he was never moved out of his seat of rest. What What things are you and I encountering today um, that could easily move us out of our position, out of our seat of rest, but if we just allow ourselves to become fixed upon the face of Almighty Yahweh, that we would be able to administer and govern His His authority over these situations rather than than I've heard old preachers say don't tell don't tell God how big your problems are tell your problems how big Yahweh is and I believe that's such a, a simple foundational truth but if we truly recognize and honor that and believe it with all of our heart it may very well change the way that we respond to these situations so let's look at a few things here in chapter 12 again. Verse 1 says, Six days before the Passover began, Yeshua went back to Bethany, the town where he raised Lazarus from the dead. They had prepared a supper for Yeshua. Now, we talked about the footnote being that this took place in the house of Simon, 
who was a leper that Yeshua healed. Now, Martha served, and Lazarus and Mary were among those at the table. So now that Yeshua is in Bethany, he found a meal prepared for him. And I just want to remind us all that our position is dependent upon our identity. What we choose to do with our position is dependent upon our willingness to honor, and our willingness is always a result of our ability to trust in Yahweh. Here we have Martha serving, and we also have Lazarus and Mary seated at the table. So verse 3 says that Mary picked up an alabaster jar filled with nearly a liter of extremely rare and costly perfume, the purest extract of nard, and she anointed Yeshua's feet. Then she wiped them dry with her long hair, and the fragrance of the costly oil filled the house. So let's look at this thing about alabaster of this jar. Alabaster is a a type of stone that's generally soft enough to carve, so you can kind of manipulate the shape of it. And pure alabaster, I've read, is also nearly transparent. In fact, it's impossible to see the crystals without a microscope. So what I think is significant about alabaster is we still use this today for various lighting fixtures and even essential oil diffusers. But as impressive as the vessel is, what is contained is far more important than what is housing it. This perfume is defined by many as nard, which is an extremely expensive perfume taken from the root and spike of the nard plant found in northern India. So this fragrance usually is associated with a king. This was placed upon Yeshua's feet as he stood before his accusers and as the soldiers pierced his feet with a nail. It is possible that they still, at this point, would have all smelled the fragrance of this costly perfume. And then she wiped them dry with her hair. Notice they mentioned the cost. I think it's worth noting that what Mary gave was costly to her and also to those witnessing her act of love and honor. Now, this kind of fires me up, to be honest. In verse 5, here we've got Judas that says, What a waste. We could have sold this perfume for a fortune and given the money to the poor. In fact, he had no heart for the poor because he was a thief that held the keys to the treasury here on earth. He would steal money whenever he wanted the funds given to support Yeshua's ministry. The modern valuation of this oil is equivalent to one year's wages. So be cautious that that we never allow ourselves to judge the way that someone else is willing to honor. Judas ultimately betrayed Yeshua for what would have even been considered a tithe of her trade. And I just want to say that compromise is also a bitter enemy of abundance. I read a book years ago that talked about the difference between lack and abundance. And and it said that if we believe that Yahweh is truly capable of, of, you know, Um, basically providing our every need, then it is impossible for us to truly trust in Him and carry lack and abundance at the same time. What we allow ourselves to focus on is ultimately going to be what we attract and also what we carry. So compromise is a bitter enemy of abundance. But then verse 7 says this, 
Yeshua said to Judas, leave her alone. She has saved it for the time of my burial. You'll always have the poor with you, but you won't always have me. Our valuation of honor is directly influenced by our own position. I've, I've heard it taught that righteousness simply means right standing, which also has to deal with where we allow ourselves to not only stand, but to be seated that we are positioned and aligned with what Yahweh has intended for us to be able to to be able to carry out and establish on earth. I saw a good friend of mine the other day um, was sharing something, and it's Elijah Ward. I'm sure many of you um, know him and are blessed by just his life. He's an incredible man of Yahweh, and I'm so grateful to be in relationship with him. But he was saying that we were found in Christ before we were ever lost in Adam. And this is such a big deal because I have noticed that just what I mentioned when we started, that the valuation of our worth is seen through a lens of not only our successes and our experiences and our joys, but also our own disappointments and and hurts and pains. It's so important that we identify ourselves rightly with the way that Yahweh sees us in the fullness of what He has called for us um, to, to not only do on this earth, but who He has called for us to be. How we see Yahweh and those of us that He allows to be joined should be honored not just by our monetary possessions, but also by our hearts. And I think it's so appropriate for us to honor and keep a proper valuation of our worth. What I have seen happen is is just people seem to allow depreciation to come into play with with promises that Yahweh has given them because they haven't worked out the way that we thought they should look or things haven't happened in the time frame that we've expected. And so ultimately that, that influences our ability to trust in Yahweh and to believe in His Word. Please be encouraged today to, to see things through an appropriate lens of abundance that we are able to recognize all that Yahweh is and and who He is to us that we would allow ourselves to pour out what He desires of us, which is simply honor. It, it wasn't that, that Mary gave up a year's wages that blessed Yahweh. I believe it's that she acknowledged him as her source. And she poured out something that was extremely valuable and, and worthwhile to her to be able to bless the heart of Yahweh. May you and I today... May we be able to to appropriately bless Yahweh because we appropriately value who He is in our lives and who He is to us. So family, please be encouraged in this today. The valuation of honor ultimately comes down to what we are willing to give unto the heart of Yahweh to be able to bless Him. And the single most important thing that you can bless Him with is with your heart, that you desire Him. One thing if I desire of the Lord, and that will I seek. This is is what it comes down to, is just simply relationship and Him being able to express Himself through you and I the way that He intended from the point of creation. Family, we love you. Thank you so much for your engagement with us today, and I look forward to the next time that we have an opportunity to do this again.